me glad they came out on a Wednesday night. Glory to God. I'm going to be quick tonight. I'm under an edict from the Holy Spirit to tack on to and tie in with what the Spirit is saying right now to our church and our congregation. How many were here on the burn night? Heard the message from Hosea Diaz, okay? He basically said, a house of prayer is to be built here. How many know when Jesus overturned the money changers' tables, people were healed? How many know his house will be a house of power? If people get healed, it's a house of power. How many of you know that after that, the Bible said he cleansed the temple? How many of you know this should be a house of purity? House of power, house of purity. But how many of you know the theme right there was, my house shall be called a house of prayer. Not only that, children were crying. He said, have, have you never read out of the mouth of babes? Thou hast perfected praise. So put it together. His house will be a house of power, house of purity. It's going to be a house for all people, and it's going to be a house of prayer. So in order for me to, to help that out and to build it, I need to deposit some word into you tonight on the topic of building the prayer house, if you will. And I want to talk to you about the prayer of faith. What does that look like? What are the ingredients of the prayer of faith? And then secondary to that, Pastor Kevin has really been in emphasizing redemption to the nation. And Pastor Kevin started his ministry, some of you may or may not know this, but as an evangelist. He had some 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13-week revivals. I mean, he's getting it done for the kingdom of God. And God switched his call a little bit, but he's still got that evangelistic element to the ministry that God's called him to. He's really emphasizing evangelism. So I don't think it's an accident that I'm standing up here and I'm going to deposit this word. And I got to go to, uh, I got to obey the Holy Spirit because there's many messages in the flesh I wanted to preach to you tonight. But God constrained me and told me to go to James chapter 5, verse 13. And we'll go James 5, 13 through 20. James 5, 13 through 20. It says, is any afflicted? Let him pray. Is any merry? Let them sing psalms. Is any sick among you? Then let them call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over them, anointing them with oil. And the prayer of what? Faith, not doubt. How many of you know this is not the doubt camp? We're the faith camp. We got too many unbelieving believers. The prayer of faith shall save the sick. And they shall be raised up. And here's a bonus. If they've committed any sins, they shall be forgiven. Then the Bible goes on to say, confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Why, James? Confess your faults one to another and pray for one another. Why? That you may be healed. Cause notice right here. Focus on this. I'm going to extract three points from this. The effectual fervent prayer. Not just any old mamby-pamby prayer, but the effectual fervent prayer, it says in James, of a righteous man, and it doesn't do harm to the Scripture to substitute righteous man or righteous woman, okay? It says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Then it switches some gears here and tells us what real get on down to town, devil chasing, sin killing, red hot praying's like. The Bible said Elijah was a person just like you and I. He prayed that it would not rain, and the, the Bible said God answered his prayer, and it didn't rain for three and a half years. That's effectual, fervent prayer right there. No rain for three and a half years. Then the Bible said he prayed again that it would rain, and the Bible said the heavens opened up. The rain came. Hey, rain. Everybody getting it? Run. The rain run. How many read run for the sun? Not the S-U-N, but the S-O-N. I'm ready to run for the sun. How about you? But the Bible said the earth gave forth its fruit. Then he switches and talks, starts talking about evangelism. He said, if anybody err and one convert him, let him know that he that converts a sinner from the error of his ways shall save a soul from death and shall hide a multitude of sins. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, help me articulate truth with the right attitude. Love humility and submission I can't but you can without you I can do nothing but through you I can do all things anoint me Lord to speak tonight and I pray you'll anoint the ears and the hearts and the minds and I pray we'll start 
We'll be doers of the word, not just giving mental assent to some kind of message. But God let us do great exploits like Daniel. He knew his God, and then he was strong, and he did great exploits. Let this group of believers tonight be launched into the harvest field and do great exploits. Let signs, wonders, and miracles follow them. Because you said these signs will follow those that believe. Tonight, Lord, we believe. Let the signs follow in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. So the first three things from this passage I want to preach to you tonight is number one, the priority of prayer. Number two, the power of prayer. Number three, the passion of prayer. All three things are contained in clause B of Matthew chapter 5 and verse 16. How many of you know Jesus If you want to model your prayer life, you look at Jesus. Because the Bible said, Jesus said, I don't do anything that I don't see the Father's doing. And I don't say anything that the Father's not saying. Well, how did he get this information? Well, he got it because of the prayer life that he exhibited in front of the disciples. As a matter of fact, in Matthew chapter 5, Matthew chapter 6, the disciples said, Jesus, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. We've watched you pray. Teach us to pray. So in that passage, we get the mechanics of prayer, right? He said, teach us to pray. And we call it the prayer, you know, we call it the prayer that Jesus prayed, but it never says in the Bible that Jesus actually prayed these words necessarily, although he probably did. But we should call it the disciples' prayer. So they were asking him, how should we pray? He said, pray this way, our Father which is in heaven. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Then he said this. He said, when you pray, don't stand on the street corner and say, Yee-hoo, I'm getting ready to pray. <laughs> he said, and when you give, don't let your right hand know what your left hand is doing. And oh, by the way, while I'm talking about it, when you fast, Don't let those around you know you're fasting because you make your face look like that, okay? So he's talking about pride and arrogance. He's talking about humility here tied in with the right way to pray. As a matter of fact, he told him, he said, when you pray, not if you pray. When you pray, go into your closet and shut the door. And then when your father sees you pray in secret... He will reward you openly. How many of you know what you do in secret when nobody's watching determines what happens to you when everybody's watching? How many of you know that when you go in your prayer closet, I'm telling you, you'll go in a woman and come out a wonder woman because God will put some wonder in some women if you go in a prayer closet. If you're a man, you go in that prayer closet, you'll go in a man, but you're going to come out a superman because God wants to put some super in your natural. So he's called us to pray. So I begin to examine the scriptures. And as I examine the scriptures, I see the priority of prayer. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 16, pray without ceasing. He said, rejoice in the Lord. And then he said, pray without ceasing in everything. Give thanks for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good and abstain from the very appearance of evil and then the very God of peace will sanctify you holy I pray God your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ didn't stop there how many of you know I'm not a little dab do you preacher a little dab won't do you I'm not a brittle cream Christian some of you don't know for nothing about no brittle cream a little dab won't do you cause you're facing the devil how many of you know doctors will tell you an apple a day will keep the doctor away but I tell you this a scripture a day will keep the devil away. I mean, you know, it is written, Jesus said, man will not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. And just because some of you may not be too convinced, I went over into Acts. Acts chapter 6 and verse 4 said, they gave themselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. Didn't stop there. Colossians 4 and verse 2, continue in prayer and watching the same with thanksgiving. 
didn't stop there. I kept turning right, got over into Romans chapter 12, verse 12. The Bible says, continuing instant in prayer. How many of you know there's a precedent here? There's a priority for prayer that was in the early church, and that prayer would produce power. Amen. God's called us to pray. Amen. God is a prayer answering God. Jeremiah 33 and 3, call out to me, God says, and I'm going to answer you, and I'm going to show you great and mighty things that you don't have a clue about. How many of you like surprises? God's going to blow some of your mind because he said, I'm going to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all you could even ask me for or thinking about. You need to have a high expectation when you pray. That's 2 Chronicles 7 verse 14. If my people who have been called by my name will what? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven, I'll forgive their sin, and I'll heal their land. That's a promise. You can take it to the bank that God is a prayer-answering God. Where does a provision for answered prayer come from? I'm glad you asked. You know Jesus was perfect, right? He was all God. He was all man. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. I and the Father are one. In me dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. He never sinned. Now watch this. A righteous man dying on the cross said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? A man will leave his father and mother and cleave to a bride, and the two shall be one flesh. How many of you know Jesus left his mother on the cross? He said, Mary, behold thy son, son, behold thy mother. How many of you know in essence he left his father? Because the Bible said in Psalms 22, he was fulfilling Psalms 22, and it starts out by saying, why are you so far from the voice of my roaring? Jesus deserved to have his prayer heard because he was a righteous man. A righteous man's cry went deaf into the heavens, so you and I who have faults and failures and shortcomings it's because you and I can now approach the throne of grace boldly. We can obtain mercy and we can find grace to help in a time of trouble and in a time of need. How many of you know we don't have a high priest that's not been touched with the feeling of our infirmities? He was tempted at all points like as we are, yet without sin. Therefore, you and I can approach the throne of grace boldly. We can obtain mercy. We can find grace to help in a time of trouble. Am I in a Pentecostal church? Somebody give God praise for answered prayer if you know he does it. And I know what some of you are thinking, well, what about unanswered prayer? Well, I'm glad you asked because I'm getting ready to tell you. We got to balance this thing out, right? Do some prayers go unanswered? Yeah, well, why? I got some word for you. Amen. The Bible says in Psalm 66, verse 18, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord won't hear me. Whoa. That's a... Jawbuster scripture right there. And I went over into Proverbs 21 verse 13, found another one. that said, whosoever stoppeth his ear at the cry of the poor, he'll also cry and not be heard. How we treat. Mm-mm-mm. How we treat people that aren't quite like we are, don't quite have the color of skin we have, don't quite have the socioeconomic wherewithal that you and I have. How we treat people that are poor, beat down. How many of you know we live in a society of broke, busted, disgusted people? And if he has to reach way down, how many of you know Jesus come for the least? He come for the lost? He come for the last? And he come for the lowest? And he come, oh, glory to God, that's who he came for. That's his agenda and if we'll get busy you watch your prayers get answered if you don't stop your ear at everybody that comes to you I'm telling you it matters how we treat one another am I helping anybody here tonight let me let me hurry some people have not because Proverbs, uh, James chapter 4 says you have not because you it's that simple you, it shock you. I've had people, I want to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. They'll come up here. We'll slap oil on you and slap you in the head ten times, give you an et cetera and PM headache, and you never open your mouth. God's got a gift right there, but he's waiting on you. Lord, give me this gift. Oh, okay, here it is. But you, I can't tell you how many people that have set their mom. If you can't praise God in English, I doubt you're going to pray in the Spirit when the God gives you the words to say and gives you the utterance. Am I helping anybody in here tonight? Glory to God, i got to hurry. This is some, I feel this. I'm helping myself, I ain't helping nobody else. 
And then James chapter 4 says, you ask and receive not. Why? Why do I not receive? You ask and receive not because you ask amiss. That you may consume it upon your own lust. God knows that if he answers some of our prayers, it eat us up. We'd get eat up in carnality. I had a guy ask God to give him a boat. And he said, I'm going to take the youth out on the lake and we're going to do Bible studies and everything. Guess what? He got a boat. I don't know if God gave it to him or not, but he got a boat. But guess what? Before long, he was out on the lake. And the next thing I know, we never saw him on a Sunday morning because he was out in the lake. And guess what? He never took the first youth group out to the lake. You know why? The, the boat was consumed upon his own lust. So many prayers go unanswered because God knows your heart. He sees. He has an all-seeing eye. Amen. So I want to help you get your prayers answered. And now I know what you're thinking. My Lord, I didn't know all that was in there. Well, take it up with the Lord. He wrote the book. So you say, well, how can I get my prayers answered? I'm glad you asked that. Because there's two ways you can get your prayers answered. Number one, pray a prayer according to the will of God. You got scripture to back that up? Oh, I'm getting ready to download something that's going to help every one of you. Somebody said, well, you preach, you quote a lot of scriptures, and and then you quote the word over people. You know why? I don't have to worry about being a false prophet if I quote God's word directly over the top of you. The Bible said I got a more sure word of prophecy. And he's talking about the scriptures. Because the Bible said the scriptures didn't come by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved on by the Holy Ghost. That word's still active. So when I speak God's word over you, it has the power to bring deliverance. It has the power to get your prayers answered. Because, oh, Mark, let me help somebody. John chapter 5 verse 7 says this. If you abide in me and my word abide in you, you'll do what? You'll ask what you will And it shall be done. As a matter of fact, God says in the Old Testament, remind me of my covenant. And what did he say he'd do? I'll show up and back it up. Not because he forgot what he said, it's because I forgot what he said. That's why I need to remind him of his covenant. So when you pray the word of God, you pray the will of God. Because the word of God is the will of God. These people that come up to me, Brother Gary, what's God's will for my life? Check it out. you got an instruction manual. You'll find the will of God in the Word of God. And if you're not in the Word of God, no wonder you don't know what the will of God is. I'm just, I'm old-fashioned word guy, okay? Bird with the word tonight, you might say. So, number one, pray the Word of God. That's the will of God, and your prayers will be answered. Number two, and this is a biggie. Well, brother, I get this all the time. They, I heard Pastor Kevin praying in tongues, and he never gave the interpretation. He wasn't talking to you. You got to get it in context. He said various kinds of tongues. Sometimes when I'm praying in tongues, hey amen, you're, you're, you're horning in, so to speak, on my prayer. I'm not talking to you. I was praying in the Spirit. It's a prayer language. I'm talking to God. Why? I'm going up against the world of flesh and the devil, and I need to build myself up. Because the Bible said in Jude 1 and 20, but you, beloved, building up yourself in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Those of you that have never pro- preached a sermon or taught may not know what I'm talking about. But right now in the Spirit, realm there's principalities and powers trying to shut my mouth so if I start praying in the spirit all I'm doing is talking to God and saying God you got to give me strength you got to download you got to give me something I can speak to the people that'll make a difference when they mix it with faith that's when you fight is when you're up here trying to preach the truth because people once you know the truth it'll set you free so there's tongues there's tongues and interpretation, which equals the gift of prophecy. You've got to get this right when you study the Bible. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 22 says, Tongues are not assigned to those that believe. Didn't say tongues and interpretation. Did you know I've prayed in tongues while I was preaching in some of my messages about half the time? I was doing a biker rally up in the mountains. Got invited to do a biker rally. Preach. And they said, we want you to break some stuff. This is a long time ago. And we want you to speak to us. I said, what kind of speaking you want me to do? Because I, I don't do motivational talks. 
kind of what I do is call something else. They said, what's it called? Now, these were burly bikers, okay? Not saved at all, not churchgoers. And they invited me, said, as long as you break stuff and don't hurt none of our motorcycles, we'll love you to death. So I went up there and I started breaking stuff, bending steel bars. And I did an illustrated message, put some sins on some bricks, broke the bricks, started preaching. And for some reason, man, I got a lot of resistance. How many of you know if you go to Sturgis, you're going to get some demonic resistance? I was up in that mountain and I was preaching and man, I was fighting principalities and powers. So all I knew to do was pray in the spirit. And when I'd pray in the spirit, I'd get a download from heaven. And I was preaching to lost, backslidden, burly, I'm telling you, hedonist. I mean, they were doing everything, doing burnouts, doing drugs, alcohol, perversion going on all over the place. And right in the middle of it, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost in a microphone out loud in tongues. And the whole time the devil said, they're going to think you're crazy. You're a weirdo. I mean, all this stuff radioing in my ear, but I kept it up because I felt powerful when I would pray in the Spirit. Can I just tell you, Five huge, six foot five, 300 pound burly bikers come running up to the altar, knelt down, started crying, and said, I want this Jesus uh, that you preach to us about. I'm telling you, oh, a person with an experience is never at the mercy of someone with an argument. You're not going to talk me out of this. I'm going to pray in the Spirit. I was called to preach. I was saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy ghost and call to preach in five weeks honey and you ain't backing me up from it it's got me through this far and I plan on going on with the Holy Ghost I mean going on with the Holy Ghost praise him if you plan on going on with the Holy Ghost let me help some of you Romans chapter 8 verse 26 likewise the spirit will help your infirmities when you don't know how to pray there's times sister Carolyn I don't know how to pray Sometimes up in this altar, some of you've got some complex stuff going on. And in my mind, I can't unravel that. But the Holy Ghost is a know-it-all that lives on the inside of me and inside of you. He knows what you need. And I just lean on him sometimes, and I start praying in the Spirit. Why? Romans chapter 8 tells us why. Likewise, the Spirit will help your infirmities. When you don't know how to pray as you should pray, the Holy Spirit will pray through you with groanings. Amen. She was, I mean, did you hear Anna Ayers up here a while ago? She said, start groaning with groanings. What was she doing? She was doing what I'm preaching. It was the prayer of faith. The effectual fervent prayer was what was going on. And she started praying in the spirit. I said, thank you, Holy Ghost. She's doing what and I'm getting ready to preach. Because out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let God's word be established. So when you pray in the spirit, you pray a prayer according to the will of God because that's what it says. Likewise, the spirit also helps your infirmities. For when you don't know how to pray as you ought to pray, the Holy Ghost will pray through you with groanings which cannot be uttered. He that searches the heart knoweth what the mind of the Spirit is because he who, Holy Ghost, maketh intercession for the saints. How? According to the will of God. When you pray a prayer in tongues, you pray according to the will of God and that prayer will be answered. Somebody praise the Lord for answered prayer. I gotta hurry. It's 816 if you have some kids. Just get ready to get them. Before there's a riot in the back. If you still need prayer, we're going to pray here. You can't preach a message on prayer without praying, right? So if you need to get your kids, bring them in here. We'll lay hands on them too and help Pastor Ryan and the crew out back there. Now watch this. So that's the you know, priority of prayer. I mean, you know, power of prayer accomplishes much. There's power in the church when the church prays. A church that does not pray is going to be powerless without power. That is what plugs us in. As a matter of fact, you care if I quote a few more scriptures that talk about it? It matters how you pray. It matters, it matters what you pray. Amen. This thing ain't transactional. This is a relationship. And Jesus told parables. In, in Luke chapter 18, verse 1, he said, Men ought to always pray and not faint. 
How many of you know sometimes we were running today? How about fainted, uh, Pastor Tobin? I have to admit to you, I'm up here preaching after running a 5K. No wonder I'm not like the Energizer Bunny like I normally am. I mean, I'm a worse slap out. Amen. But I feel the Holy Ghost working in my body right now. And men ought to always pray and not faint. And then he said this, there was an unjust judge that didn't neither regarded God nor man. And the Bible said this widow woman came to him, said, avenge me of my enemies. He was unjust. He was a sinner judge. Amen. And the Bible said she kept it up. Amen. How many you know the squeaky wheel gets the grease every time? Amen. When you pester. In other words, she pestered an unjust judge. And the Bible said, finally, he said, so I can get her to be quiet. I'm going to give her what she's asking for. And, and the Bible says, if this unjust judge will avenge that woman, how much will our God in heaven avenge his elect? That's a promise, friend, that you need to be have some tenacity when you pray. Then he told another parable, and I like this one. He said, I'm going to tell you this parable. He said, this parable is people that think they're righteous and, and despise others. Two people went into the synagogue to pray. One was a Pharisee leader of their church. In other words, the pastor was up praying, the Pharisee, and the Bible said he prayed with himself. That's your red flag right there. When I'm up here praying, I ain't talking to you. I'm not talking with myself either. I'm communicating with God. Prayer is a dialogue, not a monologue. You talk to God, he'll talk back to you. Amen. That's where the power comes in. He'll give you direction when you don't have direction. You'll be weak and he'll give you strength. Amen. You'll be depressed and you'll leave with joy. Amen. You'll have no peace and God will deposit so much peace in you. It don't matter hell or high water. Amen. He'll put some unction in your function, pep in your step, and life in your life. And it'll be exceedingly and abundantly and above all you could even ask or think. That's what kind of God you and I serve tonight. But this man said, thank you that I'm not like others. And he started naming off what he wasn't. I'm not an adulterer. I'm not unjust. Wow, pretty good qualities. Not an adulterer, that's good. You're not unjust. He said, I'm not a fornicator or an extortioner. How many of you know those are good qualities? Not to be a fornicator and extort money. <laughs> okay. Then he said this. He turned his attention to the sinner, the publican, the tax collector. said, and thank you, I'm not like that man. How many of you know the Bible says you're not wise when you compare yourselves among yourselves? Amen. You don't have to dress yourself up like your brother and sister to get God to bless you. Hey, hello, Jacob and Esau. Don't dress yourself up like your neighbor. God will bless you just the same. He's no respecter persons. Oh, that'll preach right there. But I got to move on. So then he started comparing, saying, thank you, I'm not like that man. Then he started telling God, here's what I do. I give tithes of all that I possess. All that he possessed, he tithed on it. That's more than about 80% of the church, Sister Carolyn. Hate to say it. Amen. Then he said, I, I give tithes of all that I possess. And, oh, Lord. And then he said, I give to the poor. He started naming off his big qualities. You know, then he said, I fast twice a week. How many of you on a fast right now? This man fasts twice a week. But the Bible said that man prayed a 34-word prayer. And But the sinner, the publican, okay, the Bible said beat his chest and was so humble he wouldn't so much as look up into heaven. And the Bible said he prayed this way, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. And the Bible said the man that prayed the seven-word prayer that wouldn't even look up to him, amen, in humility, got his prayer answered and went away justified, and the other one did not. I'm telling you, there's power when you pray accurately, when you pray according to the Word of God, when you pray in the Spirit, amen, God will answer your prayers. And don't make this harder than it needs to be. So Sister Rachel sitting back here shared this testimony, and I think I'll share it with you because it absolutely demonstrates the power of prayer. Another church nearby here. We're not the only ones getting miracles, by the way. And Kevin talked to me about that. Pastor Kevin, he said, man, this thing's going to break out all over the city and other churches. He, he, don't, he don't even know this testimony I'm getting ready to tell you. There's a church up in Udawal that we're familiar with. Um, a grandpa and a grandma had a grandson their son had a son that didn't live more than a few hours. They ended up getting pregnant again, nine, ten months later. Had another son and got a negative report from a doctor. They said, his heart, the newborn, is not going to be able to sustain life. It's over. Don't get your hopes up. 
How many of you know that's a bad, negative report that no parent should ever have to hear? But the grandparents had adopted a seven-year-old little girl. And they said she prayed this prayer. Are you ready for this? Seven-year-old girl. Now, you'd think, oh, that's a bad situation. We better get eloquent with our prayers. We better call, and we better get the prayer war team amped up. We better pontificate. We better regurgitate. We better spin and shine and boast and posture ourselves. No. You know what the little girl prayed? She said, Jesus, put spit on his heart and rub it in real good, Jesus. Religious people can't handle this. A little seven-year-old girl probably heard the story about Jesus putting spit in somebody's eye and their eyes got open in her own context. All she knew to pray, Jesus, put spit on the little guy's heart and rub it in real good. I pray God put some spit on some of you and rub it in real good. Guess what happened? The doctor said his heart, the cardiologist said, I don't have any kind of common science to describe but he is fine he is healed glory to God I'm going to take a water break while you take a praise break if that was your kid you would go insane right now Oh, somebody start praising him like it was your kid that just got the miracle Woo! I feel this let me close with this. So number one, for those note takers that like to, people to exegete scriptures, whatever that is. I went to preacher school by, I violated all the stuff they told me not to do. <laughs> On purpose. That ain't no fun staying behind a pulpit wearing your tie that's choking you. You can't preach and don't sweat and don't, don't spit on people. That ain't no fun. I'm telling you right now, some of you need to push. What's that? Pray until something happens. Tonight, we're about ready to get in this altar and we're getting ready to push. We're going to pray, amen, until we receive our miracle. Pastor Kevin already spoke it. Pastor Devin done been prophesying about it. This house is going to be a house of prayer and this house is going to be a place where we're going to go out there in the highways and the hedges. We're going to the LGBTQ plus, plus, dot, dot, dash, dash. Add another line to it, baby. We're coming for you, and we're coming with love. We're coming with mercy, and we're coming with the power of the Holy Ghost to set a captive free. Somebody praise him if you know we're coming for the lost. Let me close. Number three passion I used to hang out in the bars in the discotheques because I like to burn baby burn disco inferno and that's BC before Christ but when he saved me I don't dance for the devil anymore dancing for the Lord I was passionate about the party. We're in the house of God. There ain't no party like a Holy Ghost party. Because the Holy Ghost party, it don't stop. When you get saved, you don't stop drinking. You just change fountains. You don't stop dancing. You just change partners. I ain't dancing for the devil anymore. I'm dancing for the Lord. You can sit and watch me disco inferno all night long if you want to, but I'm going to get busy at it. I'm going to boot, scoot, boogie for Jesus. Or to get, here we go, do -si do Get on down to town, whatever your vibe is. I'll able to get into some rap. Don't, hmm. Help me, Holy God, preach like a rapper, I think, or somebody on radio. Passion! It's better than fashion. You got any power in there? Any people leaping up out of wheelchairs in there? I'm telling you right now, you don't come to church for a vote. You come to get equipped. You're an army. And when you go to fight, 
Well, I think I'll fight a little bit today. No. When that bully's on the playground getting ready to take your lunch money, you bow up on them, and I'm telling you right now, you fight the good fight of faith with some zeal and with some passion. Amen. We need more passion rather than fashion. They had a form of godliness, plenty of fashion, but no passion. But they denied the power thereof. What kind of prayers? Like when I hung out in the bars and discotheques, I prayed a fire insurance prayer. I'd come and I'd be worried because I'd been told, you're out there committing sin. You die, you fry. If you lie and then die, you fry. As the Chinese evangelist told me one time. Forget it. Some of you don't. You don't know whether life say, oh, me, amen, or whatever. Amen. But I would pray this way. Oh, God, I lay me down to sleep. If I should die before I wake, pray the Lord, my soul to take. Roger, over now. You know that prayer didn't get above the ceiling. Give me this day our daily bread. I'd pray those prayers in football when we'd go out on the field, both in high school and college. No passion, just repeating a robotic prayer. There's no relationship to that. I mean, you're talking to the creator of the universe, my friend. And how do you talk to a king? Well, I'd get nervous, wouldn't you? And I'd have some reverence. But I would call out to the one that I knew that had the answer to the cancer, so to speak. And I would be so passionate about him because pursuit is proof of your passion. Some people have a wishbone. I wished I could pray. Like Nate Barbosa, who prays a lot all night from what I hear. Prays without ceasing. I wished I could pray like him. Well, get to praying like him. Get rid of the wishbone and get a backbone. Amen. We're going to pray some prayers of faith. And i got to close with this right here to show you the power of prayer. I'm down in the Keys, me and Jennifer and our three kids. Now, if you've ever been to Key West, it's interesting, to say the least. It's zany, weird, carnal, hedonistic. All those terms apply. So we're down there, but there's a place called Mallory Square where you can watch a beautiful sunset. Nothing wrong with that. So I take my family down there about Mallory Square. It's the thing you need to know about Mallory Square. Every evening, there's all kind of street performers. You got your juggler, sword swallower, fire swallower. You got them up on the unicycle juggling. I mean, it's entertaining. They put, and each one of them, I didn't know this, they have a spot that they petition to get. And once they get their spot, they always reserve it. And the city of uh the city can allocate these spots to these performers. And some of them like the best spots because you get more money in your little bowl that you got out. Okay, and some of these street performers are very good. You'd see them, it would be somebody you'd see in a circus performing. Key West, Florida, beautiful sunset. My daughter's watching, we're, she and I are there. She's holding my hand. She said, Daddy, I'm thirsty and I'm hungry. And there was a performer right there. And the concession stand was back here. And she was like, you know, how daughters would do. You know, she's got me wrapped around her finger. She's hungry and thirsty. Daddy going to go get some food for his daughter, okay? But I said, now, honey, you got to stand right here. I'm going to keep my eye on you. Don't you move. Don't you budge. Because it's just right behind me. I said, I'm going to back up and I'm going to keep my eye on you. The performer was performing. He quit his performance. And all of a sudden, people started like going to the next thing. And all of a sudden, I lost sight of my daughter. And I run over to where she's at. She's not there. And I'm looking around. And if you've ever had this happen to you as a parent, I mean, you go into hyper. I start, you're talking about rhino mode. I said, if I see somebody that's got my daughter, I'm, I'm telling you, I'll just have a prison ministry. I'm coming for you. I got, I mean, I was going wild down there in Key West, hunting my little red-headed, beautiful daughter. I mean, I started crying, started praying in the Holy Ghost. And people were looking at me real weird. I said, God, you know where she is? Show me. And he says, she's right there. I look, and there she was, looking for her daddy. What I didn't know that I'd prayed. He said, just like I've sent you and showed you 
where she is. She's lost in the natural. There's people here who are lost. And God told me, he said, I'm going to send you back to this place. And you're coming to rescue the lost young people in America. I'm in Key West, Florida. Beautiful sunset. I got my daughter's hand. Holy Ghost speaking to me. Problem is, I don't know nobody in Key West. No pastor, no church, no ministry. Zilch. As a matter of fact, there's only one Pentecostal church in Key West. Two years later, I'm working a secular job having a business meeting in Atlanta, Georgia, taking some people that own companies in South Florida because I needed these contractors to work on this microwave project. And I'm sitting and I'm interviewing them over supper. One of them speaks up and he says, I hear you're a Christian. I said, yes. Because they done their little check on me, you know. They won't see who they were talking to. He said, I hear you're a preacher. He said, what kind of preacher are you? I said, I'm Pentecostal with a capital P. He said, I said, where are you from in Florida? He said, I'm from Key West. He said, I married my the homecoming queen. She's Queen Conk. Literally, the name of the Key West High School is the Conks. How'd you like that for a name? The Fighting Conks is who they are. I said, you're kidding me. And he said this. He said, my dad is a Pentecostal pastor in Key West, Florida. He said, he turned and looked at me. He said, you think you might want to preach in Key West, Florida? I said, preach nothing. He said, hold on just a minute. Picks the phone up, calls his dad who's in Key West, and immediately the dad said, I've been asking God to send me the right evangelist. He said, you're a confirmation of a prayer. I've been praying for a year. You're coming, and here's when you're going to come. Kid you not, this is how this works. Why? Prayer of faith. Now watch this. I go down there, and man, it blows up. And I told the pastor, I said, now I don't want to stay in these... I get, I get antsy. You get me in these four walls. We're going to get you filled with the Holy Ghost, but we're going to get your people out the door. He said, well, what would you want to do? I said, get me down there on the beach. I'll do some feats of strength and witness to somebody. Somebody's going to get saved on a beach in a bikini. Or a speedo. I don't give a rip what you got on. Where I go, they don't wear clothes down in the jungles. Don't get religious. He said, all right. He said, where else? I said, well, the Holy Ghost told me I was going to go back to Mallory Square. He said, that's a tall order. He said, we need to pray because nobody has ever preached in Mallory Square in the evening. Matter of fact, they won't let you. I said, well, God done told me. I was to come back two years ago and I and unbeknownst to me I was down there doing college spring break the place was loaded with young people 18, 19, 20, 21 years old he says well we can go down there and try because I'd been preaching for a whole week we were having some great services I said now we need to take this and go right out the, the, the doors he said well we'll try we go down there I'm not kidding you I know this is a long story but I'm going to help you because this is practical got to preach and then we got to give you some practical stuff so you can see how it could work for you I go up to this little troll of a man he said who are you he worked for the city of Key West the parks and recreation department I said uh, my name's Gary Keelan and I'm here to perform so you got to use wording right I'm here to preach but to him he said well what what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do some. I'm a strong man. I'm going to do some feats of strength for the people. Well, we've never had that down here. He said, but there's one problem. He said, all these people you see, these performers, they have their certain spots. And he said, it's rare that they don't show up because this is how they make their living. He said, you stand off to the side. I doubt you're going to get any spot at all. So I'm standing off to the side, and guess what the church is doing? Everybody get what I'm talking about? 
They're off to the side praying in the Holy Ghost while we wait on the troll. And I kid you not, one of the main guys that has one of the prime spots walks up to the guy, and I don't know, they got into it about something. They get in a cussing match. They're cussing one another out, up one side, down the other. And the little troll guy that worked for the city said, I'll tell you what, he got so ticked at the guy, he said, I'm going to give your spot to that guy right there. And points at little old me standing off to the side. Honey, when he pointed at me, the church went nuts. Amen. The troll guy got to looking over there. And I said, all right, we're ready. I had all my stuff. And I was going to preach an illustrated message, stack up some bricks, and I'm going I'm to go big, okay? Either go big or go home. I'm going to stack these bricks up, but I'm going to set the bricks on fire. And I'm going to break them on fire. I'm, I'm going to amp it up a little bit. And, and I covered the bricks up. I wrote sins that they were all dealing with on them bricks. And I covered it up with a, with a, with a, with a towel. I didn't want to give it away too quick because you know how the devil will do. Dude, I had a crowd. It was super packed. Man, I get up there and they all like me until. Happens this way every time. I started preaching Jesus. And I said, Jesus, come to break your wall of sin down. I lifted that towel up off those bricks, set them on fire, jumped up there. And I mean, I felt the power of God. I smacked those bricks down, broke every one of them, and the place just goes berserk. A guy comes up. I don't have no cup. I'm not there to receive no offering. He comes up and hands me $200 right there on the spot. Another young person come up and said, I need Jesus. I want to get saved. All of a sudden, people started coming up. But how many of you know when people start getting born again, you're going to get resistance? Hello, Miss, Miss Anna. You know what I'm talking about. We're going to do some stuff in here, and there's going to be resistance because the devil ain't just going to let us sashay up in here and a bunch of women come in here and get free. He's going to try to fight us. Hey, Amen. But he got the wrong cat by the tail, honey. We're full of the Holy Ghost, and we're coming with the power. And in the name of Jesus, not in our own strength. That's why we're bold like we are. We're nothing without Jesus, but with him we can do all things. Can I tell you people got saved that day for the first time ever. Now the troll guy got mad and he come up to me. Now Key West is known. You know what they brag about in Key West? A place that has no rules. All of a sudden he come up with a piece of paper that thick with a list of rules on it and started right down the list that you broke that rule, you broke that rule, but the damage was already done to the devil's kingdom. People had got saved, got filled with the Holy Ghost and got delivered. Are you hearing me? Stand on your feet tonight. We're getting ready to pray a prayer of faith in this house. Here's what the Lord showed me real quick. That passage ends with evangelism. I, I know what time it is. If you've got to go, there's no condemnation in this house. Know this. No ju- this is a judgment-free zone. Contrary to that purple place that people work out at. <laughs> Forget it. <laughs> it's the most judge- judgmental place I've ever worked out at. You drop something and make a grunt real, real low, they'll run you out of there and the lunk alarm will come on. That's judging me. You're judging me. You're supposed to be judgment-free. So if you got to leave, there's no judgment, no condemnation at all. We get it, okay? It's Wednesday night. you got things, and, and it's hot, and you got stuff. you got to get the kids, and there's youth down here. But the youth, are, they're never out. <laughs> Amen? We have to wait on them because they're getting with it down there. Amen? We adults got to get with it. Here's what we need to do. I want Nate Barbosa to come up here. Do you hear? Where's Nate? Come on. Come on, young man. I want... Jessica, where you at? Hold wall. Dunham wall. I'm butchering names left and right. Okay. Somebody tell her, put that camera up. It's time for her to get down here. Because we're going to pray for her and her team. Amen. Come on, Jessica. We're going to pray. Is your team? Come on. Interest group, come on. Yeah, you. now you're like, I shouldn't have said something to Pastor Gary out in the lobby, okay? But I can't let this lay. She's come up to me. She's got this intercessory prayer group. They're going strong. About 30 of them. Are any of them here tonight? Okay. You come on. If you're part of that, you come on up here because we're going to start taking the praying for them. What I told her is I said, when we first got down here, we went door to door. We knocked on every door down here within the Highland Park area. 
I'm seriously, we knocked on every door. Now the demographics have changed. There's people across the street that don't even know what we are over here and never even heard of us. We think we're worldwide known, but we're not. It's redemption to the nation. We need to get known right out here, a block away. We need to be really known. Hey, man, we need to knock on some doors. Her and her team, I'm going to pray for them. I believe they're an answer to a prayer. God done told me you got to get out here right outside these four walls and you're going to knock on some doors and you're going to see me work. I mean, you know, it's God that works in you to will and do of his good pleasure. If you're a part of that team, I want you to come on down here. Now, Nick, I'm going to have him pray the prayer of faith. And we're going to lay hands on you. And the RSM students, I want to lay hands on you. Pray the prayer of faith over you. That you'll do the work of the evangelists. That you just won't come and get head knowledge. That you'll be a doer of the word. And I want to hear the testimonies. I led this one to Jesus. I, God gave me a word of wisdom, word of knowledge. You need power evangelism. I'm going to pray it over you because Pastor Kevin laid hands on my, he hit me up and under the stomach. And man, I didn't know where I was for about 30 minutes Sunday morning. And I'm telling you right now, he didn't just do that by an accident. Amen. And not an accident that I come right behind him and I got to connect with what he said. I'm going to lay hands on some of you that want to do the work of the evangelist and you're going to get so much boldness you didn't know it God's going to put words in your mouth that you didn't even you didn't even have it in your intellect to even say it he's going to give it to you he said I'm going to give you an answer to everyone and ask you of the reason of the hope that is with you if you want to really win somebody to Jesus on your job over at the Walmart and you want to operate in signs wonders and miracles outside the four walls you want to get filled up but you want to get sent tonight is the night for you to have hands laid on you this man is going to do some intercessory prayer and then we're going to get down here and we're going to pray for you with the time we got left uh, amen and I'm, I'm telling you I'm just going to connect with what Anna Ayers started praying a few minutes ago and we're going to lay hands on you and I'm not just picking on the RSM students but I may not get to see y'all as often as I want to and may not get a chance so I'm going to take advantage of you while you're up in here and I'm going to lay my hands on you because you're going to be working the altars and we need the gifts stirred up in you for working the women of fire zones and altars and I'm going to lay hands on you tonight and we're going to knock the devil. Give him a black eye tonight. I mean, you ready to give him a black eye? Give him a shout of praise. You ready to give him a black eye? Go ahead, brother, and start praying. And if you're on the prayer team, Sister Carolyn, you come on down here. We're calling you up here. The prayer team, if you're in this house and you're up here on a Sunday morning, we're going to pray for you to get more aggressive. We're going to pray for you to get more bold. We're going to pray for you to get discerning of spirits stirred up in you tonight.